0: and
1: welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And joining us today, we have a very special guest that we are so excited to talk to. Author Carrie Lynn Webb is here with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you share with us how 2021 is going for you so far? Uh,
2: Let's see. 2021 is busy. (laughs) It's
1: been very, very, very busy. Busy with life and busy
2: Trying to put the writing in around life, but it's been going pretty well, pretty well. I have a daughter off in college, and so that was taking up a majority of the time, but she is living her best life, and so that makes life better at home, too. Um, yeah. So we're doing, yeah, just a lot of things, you know, just a lot of things coming at you, but I think that that is normal. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. everyone can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we love to hear romance origin stories. Can you share with us how you became a romance reader? That was a
2: flight from Hawaii to Chicago. I think I was going up to Michigan to see my family. And it's like a 12-hour, if you take the direct from Honolulu to Chicago, it's like a 12-hour flight. And I needed something to read. Just happened to be in the airport bookstore of all places. Grabbed a couple things, got on the plane, and it was a romance. And I was like, what is this like magic
1: and (laughs) got off
2: in Chicago was like, I must find more of these like right Mm -hmm. now because I think I've found my jam and um, just started a lifelong reading passion. A lot. I read a lot. I read a lot, but I read a lot of romance um, and that's Mm -hmm. just where my heart is.
1: So before picking up that book, were you a big reader Mm -hmm. before then? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even as a kid, um, just reread, you know, all my favorites. I would read to my stuffed animals, sit in the rocking chair reading, you know, pretend every time we had, you know, played school, you were reading a book. I don't think we ever did math. You know, like, it's just, you know, (laughs) like, it was all about reading, just reading and reading and then loved reading, loved when my parents would sit down, I could read to them or they read to me, Mm -hmm. all that. Yeah, just reading in books, like loved going to the library. Like that was a huge, you know, you got a library card Mm -hmm. and you got to go to the library and it was always like what? I can only have these many books? And I was that, you know, person then who was like, even as a little kid, I was like, I can of, you know, it's, you know, like when they say you can only take like five things in the dressing room, you're like, really? Come on. You know? And I'm like, really? Can I five books home? And then I'd yeah. bring it back to my mom and I'd be like, we have to go back to the library. These can't be late. I got to start over. So yeah, just loved to this day, you know, still love libraries, bookstores, books, mm-hmm. just give me books. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And romance,
2: like I said, came, I just stumbled upon romance by happen chance and was like,
1: wow, hey, love it. (laughs) You found your place. Yes. (laughs) Found my place. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Found my home. (laughs) Well, one thing that we absolutely loved reading about you online is that your grandparents had a 70 year marriage and your parents have been married for over 50. That is just so beautiful and so inspiring so what have those two very important relationships taught you because just reading your books it's all it's really surprising to hear that like you didn't grow up reading romance I didn't either so I, I really love that story as well but you are mm-hmm. such a rom you see like I was like she's such a romantic like she writes romances for the romantics <laughs> so <laughs> I just love that you share that with readers in your books. so can you talk a little bit about those relationships and what they've taught you
2: Sure. Thanks. By the way, that like touches my heart. My grandparents, let's see. my parents, they just celebrated their 58th wedding anniversary uh, just last month. And so um, from my grandparents, both sides and my parents, just um, I think the biggest thing all of them have taught me is that relationship and romance, love, marriage, all of it is work. Every Mm -hmm. single day you wake up and you make the choice to work at it. Um, there's good days, there's bad days, there's easy times, there's hard times. And every day you get up and you choose to be in love and you choose to be with that person and you choose, it's a choice. And every day yeah. you make it. And some days it's a little harder than others. And, uh, but at the end of the, the ride, it's just worthwhile. And it's worth going through all of that with somebody uh, sharing, you know, every moment, that kind of thing. You know, I grew up with my grandparents. They were phenomenal. They were such, such sweet people. And, um, they would hold hands just all the time. You would see them holding hands, mm-hmm. but as they got older you and they both were in the nursing home, you would go to visit them. They were in separate rooms, but you would find them together holding hands just, oh and it was just, gosh. it's a love. It was a love that transcended Just some Mm -hmm. stuff, you know. Just and you just saw it um, in the way my grandfather talked about my grandmother, and the way my grandmother, you know, talked about them. And just the little, just those little small things like holding hands, just resonated Mm -hmm. with me. It wasn't about you know the Facebook posts and the big shows and the you know, you know, oozing and eyeing. You know, I love, love, love this person, but it was about these moments. Where you just mm-hmm. felt it. And so that's yes. kind of what what it taught me and probably where I get my romantic streak from. Cause I hope that everybody mm-hmm. in their lifetime has a moment to experience that with someone. The power of that with somebody is phenomenal. And so yeah. that
1: that's I think I think that's where it comes from. I know, right, Sarah? That's
0: what <laughs> <laughs> makes my heart happy. <laughs> I know. I know.
1: I I love seeing hand-holding and I loved it's such a gentle but like tender moment that just means so much it's yeah right like
0: you said it's the little things I know my mom's favorite memory of my dad was years ago they were at the grocery store and their wedding song Annie's song by John Denver came over the PA Uh you know like the music and he stopped and he danced with her in the grocery
1: store aisle like it's that I just right it's that right. <laughs> it's, I think we're too busy for that. all that now. I'd be like, "Hun, this was our right. wedding song." <laughs> yeah, you like it was. <laughs> yes, it is
2: that it is. Uh, Dan and Shay have a song out now called "Glad You Exist," um, and yes. I heard it for the first time and walked out and turned Alexa on as loud as I could, and I looked at my girls and I said, "This right here is how I feel about mm-hmm. your dad." And that's just right, It's just Dan and Shay. They made. just like, yeah, right. Yep. Dan and
1: They, Shea, they, they, they just like really cater to kids. our needs. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> yes, and they just sort of nail that. You know, just what you're. That's you can't maybe one. express it yourself, but you're like, hey, that's you know. So yeah, I love that dancing in the grocery store. That is inspiring. Yep. Yep. I love that. Yep.
0: And it, right, just a random
2: day on a random time and a random hour.
0: Exactly. Exactly. How great is that? How how great is that? (laughs) So from what we could find online, it looks like you entered the world of publishing in 2015. Can you share what your journey to becoming published was like?
2: My journey? Let's see. Well, I started writing, um, we had moved back to Hawaii and we had a a business and I had this is before Amazon and before um, you could instantly get a book, you know, on a Kindle or anything. And I was, you know, I a huge reader going in and out of Walden Books, as it was called as it was back then. And I ended up reading pretty much all of the shelves of romance. And, that, and and when I say that, I'm not kidding. Now, remember, this isn't like a, this wasn't like a big Barnes and Noble, you know, one of those clusters. <laughs> this was a small little Walden book. So it's not like there was a lot of shelves, but there was a sizable romance Section I had read everything, and this is a time where you couldn't just go to Amazon and go click, you know, or go to <laughs> yeah. and have just instant access. And I was like, "Well, what do I do now?" Like, I was literally stumped, <laughs> literally in this. And I was like, "I don't want to read science fiction. I really just I needed a romance at the time." And mm-hmm. so I went home and I started writing. And I said, "Well, that's fine." forget it. I'm just going to write what I want to read. And so I wrote that story. And my husband um, didn't tell a soul, (laughs) wrote it, wrote it at work, wrote it. uh, We were newly married and I finished it and showed it to him. And I said, should I take up acting? Like, is this, am I any good at this? And he was like, (laughs) yeah, this is really good. He said, you have to keep going. So i you know, naively went on my way. It was like, oh, you know, wrote a romance. I love it. I love it. And then ended up hooking up with my dad, of all people, had a, a contact in his business world, whose wife was in a ro- um, writer's group in, on Honolulu. And so I hooked up with them and ended up at a writer's conference. And I was like, oh, wow, there's all these people. There's all these directors like me. Like, wow, this is like, oh, this was really great. And I had agents who were interested and sent my stuff in. And then that's when the rejections came. And it was like, wait, what? You don't, you you didn't love that? You know, 500 pages, like, just totally all over the map. No conflict. What? I don't understand, you know? And so then I realized very quickly how much I didn't know. It's one thing to have a love of writing and a love for the stories and a love for reading. And it's another thing to understand your craft. And um, mm-hmm. sat down through all the tears of the rejections and started, I had some really great agents who gave actual feedback and started picking through that. And then I got into Romance Writers of America and then really started realizing, okay, there is like a craft to writing and doing it well. It doesn't just happen. Like so many things in life, right? Like you look at people and you go, oh gosh, look, you know, super successful and doing that. They worked for it. Right. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So then I started putting the time in and we ended up moving to California and that's where I met uh, what I call my writing tribe right now. Anna Stewart and Melinda Curtis and several of us were in a critique group. We were like a fun critique group in the beginning. We were just friends. <laughs> we were just talking. <laughs> like, uh, we'd get together and be like, hey, let's have lunch. Hey, let's go get cheesecake after the writer's meeting. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and one day somebody was like, I don't even remember. It was probably Anna five or Melinda. One of them was like, we need to get serious about this. We need to like. And we were like,
1: yeah, we need to buckle sounds down. Like, it right? sounds like the Melinda it, Curtis it does, right does there. It? We it need kind to get of it serious.
2: Like, it kind of sounds like Melinda. I think she may have dropped the hammer on us and was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start turning in pages every week. And I was like, what? And so, <laughs> if when people are sending pages to you, you are like hard pressed to be like, well, I got to step up too. So it became mm-hmm. push, giving back, you know, back and forth, going sending our pages back and forth and feedback. And we developed it's now just the three of us we're still friends with everybody else that was with us, but it's the three now, and we have just developed a critique group that is one hundred percent honest to the point of you know they've had me in tears just saying, "I can't stand your character, but because it comes <laughs> from them, it comes you from, trust right, it right it comes from such a good place, right i know I know why they're saying it, and I know why they're you know, and it's why I go to them. Um, but they are the reason, actually, I got published. So long story, long, long roundabout way. But it was Melinda mm-hmm. and Anna that brought me into first the heartwarming um, Christmas Town box set. Um, they had a writer drop out, and she, Melinda, called me, and I'm not kidding, and said, "You need to do this, and you're going to do this, and you have a month, and good luck." And I was <laughs> like, like think about it. She's like, no no, you're going to do this. And I'm like, so I have to go find my big girl panties is what you're saying. And she was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, get going <laughs> off you know, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so from there, then we, um, they were already in with heartwarming, heartwarming, and, um, I was able to get into the, my first, the matchmaker were skates, the, uh, matchmaking Alaskan anthology with them. And from there I was able to, um, send in proposals to who my current editor And she, thank God, accepted my San Francisco series. And that's what sort of led me onto the publishing path. It it went from a lot of stuff at home, you know, critique groups, sending stuff out to agents, getting rejections, to 2015 getting published. And, you know, at one point, last, uh, I think maybe earlier this year, late last year, I turned around and looked at my husband and I said, I have over 20 things published. And he was like, what? Yeah. Like it went from, you know, you're, you're just trying and trying and just trying to, you know, you're losing faith. And other people are saying, keep going. And you're like, should I throw that towel in? And, you know, to all of a sudden, you've got these books out there. And then you think, huh, that's right. I've got it now. Like life is good, and (laughs) (laughs) and then every single book, and including the current one I'm in, you're like, I can't do this. I don't know why I thought at the last (laughs) book I could do this all over. Like every time, it's like I don't know. I and my husband would tell you that my girls too. I walk out and go, I don't. Why? 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 Why do I think I? Why I think I could write? (laughs) I'm not sure. Like, did I? Did somebody? You know, imposter syndrome because this was not a good idea. (laughs) so yeah and that's that's sort of my story and my journey um and I tell people all the time everybody has their own so Mm -hmm. listen if someone listens to mine use it as inspiration for however yours is going the ups the downs the sideways the you never thought you'd end up their ways it's okay like Mm -hmm. it's probably the path you're meant to be on
1: what were some of the I guess, nuggets you took away from the feedback when you first went to that conference and you started getting the rejections and you, you realized you had that moment of, <laughs> okay, I love to read these books, but that doesn't mean I necessarily know the craft <laughs> of creating them. Right. What were some of the things that you had to learn? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I got a, one of them I still remember. I can, I mean, like I can picture it. I probably still have it. It was, it was on a blue, Why the rejection letter came on blue stationary I have no idea it was on blue stationery and it was a typed sort of form letter right but the agent had taken the time to um, write a handwritten note up like in the corner and down the sides side. of it and I'm like <laughs> I was like but it is it blue and on there she wrote the word anachronisms and I was like I looked at my husband I was like I don't even know this word <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what did you say? I go ahead and looked at the word and it's being historically incorrect. Now, I probably didn't say this, but my first manuscript was a historical. And um, I was okay. like, historically incorrect. I like this is stuff that I've read in all, of, you know, all these other authors that I absolutely loved. And I was like, huh, how does it, you know? And so uh, then I realized, okay, yeah, maybe I was a little historically incorrect. <laughs> And and so it sort of snowballed from there, sort of the, you know, where you start learning that your characters need to be consistent, right? They, and not consistent, you know, you always hear about that. They can have brown eyes on page one and suddenly have blue, you know, middle of the book or be left-handed and suddenly be right-handed. It wasn't those kind of inconsistencies. It was the, your character in the beginning who is, you know, love swimming love swimming and then by the middle of the book they suddenly hate it with no motivation and then it was sort of realizing Mm -hmm. oh my gosh they have to be motivated there has to be a reason for everything every change even the inconsequential things even things you don't think that matter have to all sort of be tied together to build this sort of fleshed out round out rounded out character oh and don't forget your dialogue has to sort of sound real (laughs) And then, you know, it has to sort of flow naturally. And, you know, people really say that. And, oh, and did you add conflict in? Because this is, you know, and so it sort of became a wow. And every time, I was just telling somebody this the other day, I said, every time I think I've got a handle, like, I'm like, all right, I have got conflict nailed. Feeling good, good, good about this. I get into a book and I'm like, hmm, no, <laughs> okay. So like, I just realized there's just things. And I think that's the beauty of writing though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That it is an ongoing craft that you keep learning. Not only are you learning the craft, but you're learning about yourself. And just yeah. a sort of kind of a okay. study of people, right? In the study of mm-hmm. the world around you. And so that's kind of, yeah. So, and some of the agents didn't say anything. Um, some, you know, um, I remember sending in and got some, doing some like auctions and things, and then got editor feedback and that kind of stuff. It can be so, and I understand the agents now just don't have time, um, but it can be really valuable, especially even when you enter contests and those people take the time to give you feedback because it's not your critique group. It's someone that doesn't even know you. They're literally just looking at your words on the page. You know, and that's powerful. That can be really, really helpful because they're coming at it very unbiased, you know, because, Mm -hmm. you know, let's be honest. A lot of us give our stuff to somebody who's going to give us a biased opinion because it's, you know, you don't, no one wants to be told, I don't like your character and no one wants to be told, you know, like you don't want to hear that because you just spent hours and hours pouring yourself into these pages. But sometimes you have to
1: Your most recent release, Trusting the Rancher with Christmas, is book two in your Three Springs Texas series with Harlequin's Heartwarming Line. So can you talk a little bit about what it is about heartwarming that makes it the perfect fit for the stories that you currently want to tell? The
2: Three Springs series, the funny part about that is um, those were requested. So uh, I was talking to my editor. I was getting ready to put together actually i did put together some more san francisco proposals and she said we were like you know we're looking for we had some westerns can you come up with some kind of western and i was like okay so that three springs was sort of built out of just a request of we're looking for can you give us something that's country west you know western that kind of stuff and i was like all right let me see what i can do came up with three springs Texas and how, I'm not even sure. Um, I was trying. I was thinking about this. Like, how did I get up into the Panhandle? We I have family that lives in Texas, so I'm real familiar with Texas, Houston, Dallas. Love the Dallas area, that kind of stuff. And I think I just wanted to go a little further north up in the Panhandle, um, and it sort of blossomed out of that. Um, okay. Yeah, and fits Harlequin heartwarming because they requested <laughs> because I was doing for them, and that's what they wanted. And so build the story around the parameters of Harlequin Heartwarming. I love writing for Heartwarming. Um, There's this clean, sweet romance that I tell people all the time that my girls, my daughter, my oldest is in college now, but she's been reading them for me. She does phenomenal copy edits. She is a more voracious reader than I am. And um, since about eighth grade, she's been reading them. So I love the fact that oh, I love
1: that so much. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like that,
2: it. you know, you can give them to, uh, you know, kids all the way up through your grandmother, like anybody can read these books, yeah. you know, and so that's what I really like about um They're just a really sweet, mm-hmm. fun, contemporary romance, you know.
1: Has your daughter had a favorite so far? Well, I should, I should. uh, Or she just won't tell you. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: She, well, I don't know. We'd have to ask her. I'm sure she probably has one. But her, the thing about my daughter is she's going, she wants to go into forensic science and that kind of thing. And so she is a uh, criminal minds, gory, mystery suspense, you know, loves that (laughs) kind of reading. So whenever I (laughs) ask her to help with plotting, she's like, we need to kill somebody. Or she wants to add a ghost. So, you know. You
0: know what this story right? means. Yes, yeah. yes.
2: Yeah. So she'll be like, or we, we need to we need to kill someone, Mom. There needs, you know, a body. We need a body, Mom. Or we need a dragon because she likes all the, like me, we love paranormal. So she loves all the paranormal, urban fantasy, that kind of stuff. So then she would be like, can we, a ghost, dragon? I'm like, we're in (laughs) the wrong genre and she's like this just this is not good this is not good then you know, and so she's very helpful that way because then she'll be like well this is boring I'm like I know that's why I'm coming to you we need to make it less boring
1: (laughs) without the body and without the dragon without the body and the ghost right right? no dragons
2: and no none of that she's like okay so yeah so she has now the other day when I talked to her she was I had uh, she was with some members of her swim team. So they were all chiming in with ideas. I'm like, remember, ladies, I really need, like, clean. <laughs> like, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry this is not what y'all want. But, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yes.
1: Well, I, I love that you have set your stories in, like, San Francisco. Because yeah. I do like to see other locations. So <laughs> can you – like, what do you, what have you enjoyed about setting your books in a big city, but still having that sense of community? Oh. And, and do you feel that there are any, I guess, challenges with writing those versus the mm-hmm. small town? Sure.
2: So um, that was my pitch, by the way, to my editor originally with the San Francisco series. I said, there are all these small town romances Love them. Great. I love a small town. I go, but there's a lot of people, millions of people, in a, you know, across the world that live in big cities. Not only do they live in big cities, they raise their kids in the big city <laughs> and they love it and they thrive there. And so that is what I said to her. I said, I want to write that in San Francisco. I want to show that you can have that same sense of community. Exactly. Right. Even in a big city, even in, and you get all of the flavor and feel of the city as well and so they said um, they they I guess bought into my argument for why <laughs> and that's how San Francisco <laughs> came along um, I had a lot of fun writing in San Francisco I hope at some point the heartwarming will let me go back there because I, it's just a really great the city um, What I would, one of the nice things about writing in a big city is it's a big city and it's established and so there's a lot of places and people to pull from and jobs and all kinds of things. And when you jump into these small towns, sometimes I will come up with something and I'll go, they wouldn't have had, they don't have that. Right. And I have lived, I should, mm-hmm. I should mention, I live in a small town right now. I've lived in big cities like San Francisco and Honolulu. So I've lived, I've really had a nice slice of all different sort of sizes and that kind of thing. But I do sometimes forget, you know, if you are in a small town, there's just some stuff that you don't have access to. It's <laughs> like so you're, you know, you're, you're right now in your store, you're like, mm, that wouldn't be there. Like it would have, say, in San Francisco. Like in San Francisco, you could get any mm-hmm. kind of food you want at any time of the day, any hour, whenever, you know. But in a small town like in ours, all the restaurants in downtown are closed on Sunday. That's just wow. a thing they yeah. do, right? Except for like the pizza, yep. you know, like your fast, your fast foods and that kind of stuff, right? But yeah, so different, so some of those things you have to kind of take into consideration and that can be fun too, Um, just Mm -hmm. to see what else you can put in there and see, you know, what people are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and I think one of the things, the challenges for just sort of Three Springs and writing Westerns is trying to bring a fresh take to cowboys and ranches and that kind of stuff, Um, trying to come at it from a different angle. Uh, that maybe a reader mm-hmm. hasn't seen or isn't done a lot. Um, that's kind of been my goal. Kind of like with San Francisco, you know, gonna put it set it in San Francisco and it's a different kind of location and just giving you a different perspective. So
0: let's talk trusting the rancher with Christmas, which kicks off with a hilarious meat cute that involves a hungry heroine and a cattle crossing that's stopping traffic. Can you share where the idea for Paige and Evans meat cute came from?
2: <laughs> well um <laughs> Personally, I am a traveler and this goes like whether, this goes whether I am getting in a car for a car drive, long car drive or flying on an airplane. I'm a person who is like a hoarder with food. I don't know. And I don't, there's no backbone to this quirk of mine. Like there's no, like I was stuck in a car one time with no food for hours on end, right? There's no, I grew up, I was never hungry, (laughs) but I'm like this, I have to have all this food. And prior to COVID, getting on a plane, I, I mean, you guys could, we could have flown around the world and I'd have food because heaven forbid there wasn't yeah. food at the airport or or when you're driving at the, my husband's, always like, you know, we can stop at a gas station. I'm like, well, what, what if they don't have these exact peanut butter crackers? I mean, you know, like, what would I do? Like, you know, I'm just like, I don't know. And like I said, there's, there's nothing substantial to this. Either. I do not have some kind of wound <laughs> from somewhere. It's just this crazy thing. And so <laughs> I was thinking about Paige and I knew she was flying in, into Three Springs and I knew I had to, I wanted to get them together quickly. Uh, and I was like, how do you get them together quickly? And how am I going to do that? And, you know, you're driving and how are you, how are you going to get somebody who's literally in a rental car, you know, and the idea just kind of blossomed <laughs> out of that. And then making her hungry because uh um, you know, what would I do if I was hungry and stuck by, you know, wouldn't it be funny? It kind of was that. Wouldn't it be funny? If I was starving and then these cattles are crossing the street, you're like, What the hell? You know, not allowed not allowed yeah. to say that in <laughs> a heartwarming now. Sorry. But that is the reaction, right? Like are you are yep. are you kidding me? <laughs> is it really the- that's, yeah. yeah, that's that's her in a yeah. nutshell. And so I thought-
1: she <laughs> even asked him, she's like she's like, Can you maybe stop that one so I can go? And he's like, No ma'am, I can't Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, like, and I was like, And how
2: you know, and that's kinda of where it came from is kind of like, and how funny would that be if he was like, No, nah, I'm mm-hmm. good. Like It's all good here. I don't know what your problem is, you know? And so that kind of was the, yeah, that was sort of where that came from. And just, um, there are things sometimes when I write that make me laugh and that's how they end up in there. Mm -hmm. If that, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, that's so funny. And then I put it in.
1: Yeah. i was like this is what holiday rom coms yeah. are made of like we need this on film because this yeah. scene is so classic yeah <laughs> like,
2: and i think everybody can relate to that <laughs> right being
1: hungry because we've all done yes, this yes. And- you're yes. hangry you're like please yeah. just yeah. let me cut in front of this yeah. this cow please yeah. and he's like uh ma'am i can't do that
2: <laughs> <have a> stampede. <laughs> yeah
1: so, we know your editor pitched the series idea to you um, when we when we meet Paige, she's traveling to Texas from Chicago, and it's to get her job and her life back on track. How did you come up with her as a character? Oh, yeah, I
2: should say my editor just said we want westerns. That was it. <laughs> I wish okay. I wish okay, sometimes <laughs> I wish they'd give you all kinds <laughs> of stuff. <laughs>
1: Yeah, which I have to admit, I I saw the book. I mean, I I bought a physical oh, copy, thank you. but now that I'm seeing them in Walmart, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I I could have just waited. Yes. It's here. <laughs> like, I get so excited to see heartwarming. Yes, on fun? the shelf now. The Western.
2: Yeah, Westerns. that's fun. Yes. So, um, let's see. How did mm-hmm. Paige? Oh, Paige. So Paige, Tess, and Abby, um, my daughter. My youngest daughter and my niece are born on the same day. They share the same exact birthday, same day. And we call them the cousin twins. Uh, We call them quins for short. Mm -hmm. And they are super close and super a lot alike. Even growing up, and they live, we're in South Carolina. They live in Little Rock. And growing up, I mean, my brother and I would call each other and they were wearing the same things and doing the same things. It was just so funny. And they're really, really tight. And then I have an older daughter and the three of them are really tight. And so I wanted to write about that three, you know, whether it was, this is what this is, two sisters and a cousin, just really strong family bond. I love writing about brothers. I have brothers. I grew up with brothers. I don't have any sisters. So um, that's probably part of it too. Cause I'm like, Oh, jealous. You know, <laughs> I always wanted a sister growing <laughs> up, you know? Um, and my mom was actually just telling the story the other day to somebody that apparently when I was in when I was little, I was in grade school, I came running home and asked my mother if I had a sister somewhere. And my mom was like, excuse me. And I was like, well, so-and-so <laughs> at school has a sister in another state. And so I'm wondering if you put my sister somewhere else. Like I was desperate for <laughs> a sister. Cause when you have three older brothers, you're like, yeah. And my mom, she's still, she's like, I still die laughing about that. It was, you know, it was not a I didn't realize it was, yeah. you know, second marriage and there was a half sister. Like, I didn't care. I didn't care what the, the yeah. mar- marriage looked like. I just cared that my mom had stuck me a sister somewhere and I needed her <laughs> to bring her home. And my mom was like, Yeah, no, you, this is what you got and you're going to like it. And I was like, It stinks. <laughs> so I think part of that was, yeah, part of when I started looking at this, I was like, oh, I think I need to write some sisters and some, and, and love um, when family comes back together. Love when family has been sort of out on their own and doing their thing, rightly so, just, you know, but then comes back together in those hard times and sort of finds those bonds again and remembers. I'm really close to all of my cousins, um, but we don't see each other often enough. But yet when we do, it's like we just saw each other. There's just some kind yeah. of bond yeah. under there that's just really strong. And I love that. I love kind of mm-hmm. looking into that. So that's where they came from. And um, just, you know, bringing them from three different sort of backgrounds three, th- with things going on mm-hmm. and bringing everybody to Three Springs to sort of heal and find their start over points together, though. This time right
0: so you talked about some of the challenges in writing a small town series what are some of the fun things about writing small towns mm-hmm. small
2: towns are quirky i love um <laughs> every small town i think has its own flavor and its own sort of i love that right they're all just have their own histories and that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. and quite frankly it's all of the characters that live in town in meeting. Yeah that community what makes up the community of a small town and meeting those people and that's one of my favorite parts of writing these books um san francisco series too just the surrounding supporting cast I have a lot of fun with that. Sometimes too much fun. We're like, okay, you guys have been here. You okay, we gotta we gotta get back to the couple, you know, we have to we're having too much fun over here, but okay, you know. So yeah. So that is
0: probably that's my favorite. I think that's one of my favorite things about Heartwarming is as you're reading it, you get so much more story right. and you get to explore those secondary characters. And as you're reading the book, you're like, Whoo, I wonder if they're gonna get right. a book. You know? <laughs> Yeah. As a reader, that's what, you know, we're always thinking. Right. About. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite um, when
2: I read uh, other authors that are just my constant go to's and stuff, you know, and Nora Roberts says it so well. Right. Like when you mm-hmm. get to meet those characters and you follow them through two books, and you know their story's coming and you're like, oh, yeah. And that's what I like. And that's what I like about <laughs> heartwarming, too, that I'm able to put them in. I love to know ahead of time Mm -hmm. what books will be coming because i like to seed everybody in. So everybody's got a little meat of somebody that might get a story. And, um, and I know that Mm. maybe they're coming, you know? And so that's, I I love that. That's just, and, and Mm -hmm. heartwarming allows you to do that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. One thing, another thing that we really enjoyed that you did in trusting the Rancher with Christmas is that you wrote, a character, Paige, who has the reasons for finding it difficult to celebrate the holidays. So can you talk a little bit about writing that as her story? Because I think that it's really important. I think I, as people that love Christmas, I tend to forget this is a really difficult time for some people. Or, mm-hmm. you know, some people just they have the reasons for not celebrating it as much. So what inspired that choice? Pretty much
2: you. That's pretty much it. So I am a Christmas lover I love everything Christmas I love to decorate I love to buy presents and my favorite thing is to buy a present for somebody and they open it up they didn't even know they wanted it and they get it and they're like oh
1: my god I didn't even know I wanted this
2: I love it right and I spend months like finding those gifts um and I just love that I love you know presents in our house are still signed from Santa like it is right it is just <laughs> Christmas I love everything about Christmas, but I'm also like very, very aware that Christmas is very hard for a lot of people, and um, Mm -hmm. it's a holiday that can be very stressful and not that fun, right? Not, you know. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know? But you know, that's (laughs) in when I thought about it. um, I've written several Christmas books, holiday set books, and I thought, you know what? I haven't actually brought in a character who, for very, very good reasons doesn't like the holiday beyond it just being, you know, commercialized and that kind of stuff, but for very painful memories. And could I write a character that doesn't like Christmas is not feeling the joy and have her actually find some joy in Christmas. And it was kind of a challenge. Like, could you do that? Could you really do that and have it believable that she would find herself way back? Maybe not to the level that we all love Christmas, but still find some joy in the season. And that's kind of what I wanted to explore with her. And it was, like I said, it was kind of a challenge to myself. Like, can you do that? Because that would be my hope for a lot of people who struggle in the holidays, you know, that you find moments, pockets, just pieces where you do have some peace and some joy surrounding kind of some of the darker moments, you know. And like I said, there's just, I think that's very real. And, and then for the ones of us who are just overly Christmassy, that can be a lot. <laughs> You know, like, and like Paige, <laughs> Abby was kind of that, right? Abby was in
1: I know me what to say. on
2: steroids, <laughs> it was- you know? And I was just like, Abby was that. And I was like, can you imagine? And I think about that because sometimes I think, gosh, someone coming to my house was probably like, whoa, th- okay. <laughs> you know, like you can stop now. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I love those moments where, I mean, like Sarah said, with heartwarming, you get more yeah. story yeah. and, I love when you can you're reading these books and you can get like a little bit of a sense of the author's (laughs) sense of humor because like Paige it was very you felt for her you understood why she wasn't a fan of the holiday but then you dump her and like (laughs) you you send her to Abby's house who's (laughs) like thrown up Christmas all over the place and is still (laughs) throwing up Christmas it's hilarious I have to see how she survives it she's (laughs) still like yeah
0: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Abby's probably still decorating You're still getting ready. (laughs) As your writing career continues, what have you learned about yourself as a writer so far? Uh, That I have more grit than I thought.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's really, you know, sometimes you just think you can't. And there's obstacles and very real setbacks and things. And you think, I can't, I can't. And you do. And you come out on the other side Mm -hmm. with a finished book and a finished product and you go, damn, I did it. You know, <clears throat> love it or hate it when this it. goes out. Mm-hmm. I did it, and there is uh, just a mm-hmm. phenomenal sense of satisfaction in that. And um, and like I said, it's just learning, learning in myself that you know I can I can do it despite and despite and mm-hmm. whatever you want to fill in on the backside of that, right? Um, and that's a mm-hmm. it's rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: I appreciate your grit. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> we appreciate your
1: grit here because Absolutely. You know, it's it's so it's so inspiring when we talk with writers like you who picked up romance on a whim, fell in love with the genre, decided kind of on a whim. <laughs> okay I want to write one and yours really stemmed from well I had read everything at the bookstore so you, you we always hear write the book you want to read yours really was literally was. like I had read everything <laughs> at the bookstore and there was nothing else <laughs> yeah. and so I for us as aspiring writers just to hear that you started with like no real training oh, like that is I us started with none. <laughs> and yeah. here we are ranting about your books so <laughs> thank <laughs> Here's you hope. there it is don't
2: ever give up because I started with no training. It wasn't like I went to the the, you know, it the MFA programs or any of that. None of that, you know, wasn't in a writer's group first. No, it literally, literally was. What am I in the mood to read and what am I going to write? And that's, you know, what I wrote. <laughs> I wanted to read a historical oh. and that's what uh-huh. I wrote. <laughs> yeah.
1: <Yep. laughs> <Damn it. laughs> okay. Okay. So speaking about the historical, let's our first roundout question is: tell us one of your under the bed <laughs> stories, something you've written that will never see the light of day. So can we <laughs> hear about the historical, or do you have yeah, something else? God. I have several <laughs> historicals.
2: Um, let's see. I'm trying to think that. Let's see. They. I still love them, but I can't. I only I'm trying to think, remember the titles, but they're all Regency set because I mm-hmm. love. Love the re- love reading about the Regency, love Regency set, historicals, love that sort of time period. And then I snuck back into the medieval time because, come on, like, I am a huge yeah. Julie Garwood fan. The Secret is like, I can't tell you how many times I read it. And The Wedding and Ransom, like, those are just... And the secret for me, like, stands out. It's probably just at the top of the top of the top because of the friendship between the, the heroine and her best friend. You know, one is English, one is Scottish, mm-hmm. and it the like one of the opening lines of the books is they were friends before they knew they were supposed to be enemies. And right from that line, you are like, wow, oh, I am hooked. Mm-hmm. Like these two, right? Very, you know. And you go and so yeah, so that's the that's what I you know wrote. medievals. <laughs> and those are a nice hand <laughs> in the bed. Maybe they'll come back out. I have um my daughter actually uh, found a I have a paranormal series that I've started, um, Demons, Demon Set, and she found it when she was looking for something and came down carrying it, because you know, a lot of my manuscripts are still printed in boxes sitting around. And she's like, What is this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that's my paranormal. And she's like, This, this has to come out, mom. This has to be shown to the world oh so, my yeah, gosh
1: I love that yeah, she's a paranormal she's lover huge. <laughs> yeah. so that
2: one is actually sort of sitting on the side going hey you know over here you know um I do like to write a little sexier sometimes and a little steamier and that kind of stuff and you can kind of do that in a paranormal um you know sure. so yeah so those are kind of my my under the bed stories <laughs> and we'll leave, those, <laughs> we'll leave those there those those in their anachronisms will stay under the bed yeah, they were fun at the time, you know. Like I said, what you just write, yeah. you know. And I think that that's, I think that that's the important thing for anybody who's starting out. Start out and write with joy, and write with abandon, and write mm-hmm. like it does not matter, because that's how you start feeling the storytelling. You can go back, right, and yeah. fix and learn and everything. But if you don't start with just the pure joy of making yourself laugh and making yourself mm-hmm. cry and making yourself feel Then there's no point. Like that's right. Yeah. And so, for everybody who's starting or in the middle of this journey and everything, uh, and when I, even when I'm like, oh man, like I, I'm just not feeling it, I need to refill that well or whatever, I do. I pick up, you know, Julie Garwood's with Secret, I pick up some of those old standbys that just remind me why. Remind me why I love romance and mm-hmm. remind me why I'm doing this. Yeah. So, if you're, if you both are in your
0: journeys, keep going. <laughs> don't give up <laughs> <laughs> you can learn what you need to <laughs> what was one of your teen girl obsessions other than books <laughs>
2: <laughs> i loved music i still love music <laughs> love all kinds of music i have my um you know we went went into lockdown uh, with covid and everything and everybody was suddenly home all the time i was like you guys are making it really hard to write my husband got me um the wireless headphones you know The block out, the noise canceling ones, Mm -hmm. and they're phenomenal. And I'm just like, I just recently rediscovered some classical music, but I used to write and study to classical music when I was a teenager and um, always like Mm -hmm. would study with music in the background and everything. And so that's still that I I do that today. So that's probably, you know, I like those boy band groups.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Music next to reading and stuff is music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because music is also storytelling. Like if you get
1: a good song, Mm -hmm. it's great storytelling. Well, and that's what I would say like about... And there's something about being a teenager, right. like we're just when we're teenage girls, like all the lyrics just they hit do, right? you in the soul. Yeah.
2: Do. And then you like, I think that was it, right? I would listen to those songs and then my imagination would run wild and I would just lay on my floor and listen. Yeah. And, you know, I could see all those songs, you know, those first date kisses and those first dates and those crushes and all that. And I say all the time to my girls, like Taylor Swift is a phenomenal artist. But where she totally excels is in her songwriting. Taylor Swift in every single song tells a story. And that to me is just, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, Dan and Shay, the people that tell stories, the songwriters that tell the story are amazing. And you can find it across genres, right? And when I find a song that tells a story and that just resonates, I'm like, oh my God, that's fantastic. I have to listen to that again. It goes onto a playlist for me because that's, you know, the lyrics and- Um, There's lines in certain songs that I'm like, that is just just one of my favorite lines ever. And then I write them down because those are they inspire, just inspire creativity and inspire you, you know. So, yeah, music.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love when you can like take if you took the music away like, yes, I, that's why I miss right. CDs, because you get the CD book and you get yes. the lyrics inside. Yes. And you took the yes. music away and you could just read the lyrics yep, yes. and you're still yep. moved. Right. I mean, that's everything. And still- yes. And now yeah. with um, Alexa, like
2: our Alexa little show lady, she like puts the lyrics on the bottom and then I sit there and I just read and I forget to even listen oh. to the song. I'm just reading the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is great.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was in the car earlier this morning and they were doing something on the radio and they played um, Strawberry Wine by oh, yes. Dean Carter. Oh, it was gosh. the 25th anniversary of that album. And I swear to God, it transported me back to my late right? teens. And I'm just like, I cranked it yes. up.
1: Okay, what is one film you will never stop watching?
2: I love... My fair lady. I just, just love the oh. my fair lady. Uh, just from a opposites attract, from a you know wrong side of the tracks kind of love story. It's just a really great love story. Um, love <laughs> my girls are watching the other day. Ten things I hate about you. Heath Ledger.
1: Oh, classic. <laughs> classic. When that. that comes on, <laughs> and then um,
2: recently when Crazy Rich Agents comes on, I watch it every single time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. oh Mm
2: -hmm. oh yeah yeah that's a really fun one and my daughter and i of course harry potter if harry potter's on it's on our tv and then um legally blonde that any any time anywhere and my daughter my daughter's both of them we were like we could probably recite these
1: (laughs) the whole script (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: but it doesn't matter because the scene where she's in you know buying her laptop or yeah her pink laptop and she's in that bunny suit and the the tail and he's standing behind her and she's like don't ask is just the epitome of some of the scenes that I would love to recreate in my own books right it's that like just you put her in and just gave her this you should start out no backbone and gave her one it was like oh my god love right yeah yeah i could probably go on and on those are ones <laughs> that just come off the top of my head
1: reese witherspoon has she some does, iconic right? roles he
2: does and so when you're scrolling through the tv guide you know and you see and you i'm thinking about those films where I like you know i'm scrolling through i'm like yeah i'll stop here for a minute
1: and then and then it's an hour later because i was mm-hmm. just stopping
2: for a minute because you know I, i've seen the movie um
1: <laughs> so it's okay <laughs> yeah I feel like as a mom of girls, in a way, you kind of got your sisters. (laughs) And it's funny because when
2: I got married and was going to have kids, I wanted boys because I don't consider myself very girly. Mm. Um, And I had a girlfriend who's totally girly, right? She could do all the French braids and the girls and she wore the pretty dresses and she's just very graceful. And I was like, that's not me. Like I am not. So she has (laughs) boys and I have girls and she, I was talking with me the other day and she's out on the ski slopes and doing dirt biking. I'm like, did you ever imagine? She's like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. This would the be your doing the, you
2: know, <laughs> I watched all the YouTube videos so I could learn all the waterfall braids and the French braids and the, yeah, I did all of them in my girls' hair and, you mm-hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. So it's funny. Um, yeah. But you're right. I got, I definitely have been infused with all things girls. I'm <laughs> about that, but it's, we have a very girl. <laughs> Sometimes he walks in, he's like, okay, like we got him a drone one year for Christmas. And we're like, look, it's a boy toy. It's boys. It's all boys. It's all Barbie <laughs> yeah. right now. And here's you.
0: <laughs> Who is one of your most read authors? Julie Garwood, for sure.
2: Like read, they read them mm-hmm. all. And then, mm-hmm. Again, mostly her s- historicals, although I've read all of her, anything she's written. Jane Ann Krantz and Amanda Quick, for sure, that pairing. Yep. Um, mm. Currently reading her some her Amanda Quick ones. They're excellent. Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Love Tessa mm. Dare. Sarah McLean. Sherilyn Kenyon. Who hasn't devoured the J.R. Wards? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, you do it, right? <laughs> oh, like, it's just... So many, depending on your mood and what you want to
1: read. So is there anything that you're able to share about whatever you have coming up next? That I am
2: currently finishing up right now is book three. So that will be Carter and Tess's story. Um, That one will be releasing in June. And um, because I signed the contract, I guess I can reveal that Carter's four brothers will have their own books in Three Springs. So that will be, awesome. um, that's going to be a fun cowgirl take, actually. Um, Went with cowgirls uh, Mm -hmm. for the heroines, all different kind of cowgirls, rodeo riders, um, real honest cowgirls. And I'm looking forward to them running up to the Sloan brothers who are a handful in and of themselves, especially with their grandfather. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, they, I think they will make for some fun. Um, stories because the the heroines are mm-hmm. feisty. <laughs> was, yeah, coming up with some oh, feisty heroines and thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, these mm-hmm. are cowgirls who can hold their own and won't won't the mm-hmm. men be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, so that those will be coming out next after uh, this one. And let's see what else is coming up. I have a I think sea C, C, C glass bay story will be releasing in May with Anna and Melinda and Kayla, another part of the anthology. Oh. And we have I think it's out now our um, heartwarming uh, Christmas town. The Christmas town stories are out. That was fun. That's a uh, that's wow. all reunion class reunion based, which was kind of fun because I hadn't really gone to any of my class reunions. So it was fun to write about people coming home for their class reunion and all the stories are connected. So that was kind of a cool take on Christmas.
0: And lastly, where can everyone follow
2: you online? Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram because my daughter, uh, but I haven't like really, she's like, you have to be on Instagram. I'm like, okay, but I haven't really figured that all out. So I'm sorry. And then she just, to my horror, uh, put me on TikTok. And I only say horror because I got I knew stuck it. on it. Like I got totally engrossed in it. And I'm like, it was like, I'm like, oh my God, I've been on here for like 20 minutes. And she's like, mom, it's been an hour. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like take, take it take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. I'm like, that's why I don't. And, uh, yeah. So hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever post on TikTok, but she's like, you can post. I'm like, no, but I do think about putting my dog on there. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, but mainly I'm out and about, it will be Twitter or Facebook. But lately, you know, the, I find that, I don't know about you guys, but I find sometimes social media is a time, you know, it just pulls you in and it's a time. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And when you're on deadline and stuff, that's time you <laughs> you don't have. <laughs> yeah,
1: you could have been yeah. writing. Yeah. And then yeah. your husband's yeah. like,
2: why are you yeah. up till three in the morning? I don't know. Maybe it was that hour I was on TikTok. <laughs> Blame your dog. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who's, you know, if I
2: her, don't text me anymore because she'll text me. She's like, oh my God, you have to watch this. So that's the problem, right? You click on that one 30 second little thing and then you keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you don't have to watch this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today Mm -hmm. and letting us pick your brain and talk about books. We are so excited for all the other things that we have Mm -hmm. coming out from you. Um, So thank you so much again for talking to us. And listeners, make sure you check the show notes. We'll have the links to where you can keep up with the Carrie Lynn Webb, as well as where you can get her books. And yeah, Sarah and I will talk to you guys in our next episode. Have a lovely day, everybody.